Hello friends, welcome to the After Hours Lounge. Welcome back if you are a regular listener, which I hope you all are. My name is Sandy, I am your host, and this is a big episode. Uh, big in terms of, it's a long episode, so strap in everyone, but also uh, it's a big subject, and that subject is cancer, the C word. Uh, more specifically, testicular cancer, um, and my guest this week is Martin Molnar. I hope I've said his surname right, maybe I haven't, I'm sorry Martin. Uh, me and Martin know each other uh, through working for the Windsurfing Freestyle Pro Tour. Um, we met in September 2021 at the event in Rhodes, which was his first event um, working as the, the press officer for the tour, uh, a role he currently still works in. Um, and as we'll get into, uh, a bit of a dream job for him and something almost a twist of fate. Uh, after he recovered from testicular cancer, this role came up and it's now what he does for a living. And that's something, kind of almost the theme of this conversation is you know, Martin going, Martin, it's a very linear uh, conversation, which often doesn't happen on the podcast. You know, it's very much talking about the subjects, but with something like this, I think it was important to get Martin's entire experience across, um, which is perhaps why the podcast is so long as well. But, you know, getting his experience from first being diagnosed to uh, essentially having, having the operation, having a testicle removed, uh, which will make every man listening to this squirm. But I think it's something we all need to talk about more. But, you know, having having a testicle removed, having the operation, basically being given the all clear, and then going back a couple of months later and finding out it was very much not all clear, and having to go through chemotherapy, uh, essentially that leading to depression, um, and then the subsequent recovery after that, and kind of having your youth taken away from you at such a young age, you know, your mid-late 20s, when you should feel your most powerful. And unfortunately for Martin, it was when he felt his weakest. Um, but how he recovered from that, both mentally and physically, is um, is pretty incredible. And I'm stoked to call Martin a friend, and now I'm very excited to um, have him on the podcast, and hopefully you guys will be able to listen to this. I think uh, also this is all framed around Movember, Martin. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Movember is a, a charity around men's health, specifically focusing on mental health, testicular cancer, and prostate cancer. Uh, Martin, obviously... We'll be growing a big old dirty moustache this month in aid of testicular cancer. I will probably be doing the same in aid of mental health, but check out Movember if you haven't already. Um, but that's why this podcast uh, is is coming out now. Uh, we recorded it a few weeks ago, or <laughs> weirdly as I'm sitting here, on the eve of me going to Brazil. Um, but yeah, it, it was a great conversation um, and uh, about an issue that we don't talk about enough. And as I admit straight away, it's a conversation or a, a topic that I'm not very comfortable talking about, and I should get more comfortable talking about it. Hence, a big reason why I wanted Martin to come on the podcast, as well as just listening to his story um, and and the mindset that he has now of living a bit more short term um, and kind of letting stopping the you know try cultivating this mindset of the little stuff not bothering him much anymore. You know, when when you go through something as big as that, it tends to happen, but. Um, you know, try, trying to find that mindset without having the big thing happen to you is very important. But anyway, I'm rambling now. I'm getting too much into this. Please enjoy uh, my conversation with Martin Molnar. One, we are recording. The robot lady has said that we're recording. Uh, Martin, okay, Martin, we've got we've got to stop talking about windsurfing in Brazil now. We've got to start. We've got to start talking seriously. But firstly, thank you for thank you for being here. Thank you for coming on. We talked about this in Greece, didn't we? When we were about four yeah. or five beers in, um, 
but we didn't we didn't make it happen sadly so now yeah we're doing it on the old zoom yeah, yeah when i finally had the courage to uh to ask to uh to talk about this topic with you so no no uh, i mean this is yeah this is this is cool and i love that and it's thank you for for reaching out because i said you were on my list but um those of you listening i mean i yeah this is maybe a bit inside baseball but i don't actually record the podcast the day it comes out this won't be out for another few weeks but as of now uh i'm flying to brazil tomorrow so this is all last minute and i won't be recording any podcast while i'm there so i was like we've got to do it now so here we are my girlfriend's running around packing and i'm like yeah i'm doing a podcast with martin sorry um yeah so yeah thank you for coming on but um, yeah, you're welcome i suppose i suppose we're here to talk about something serious but equally i think this is one of those subjects that I dance around a lot. I was actually having a co this conversation the other day. Um, and, and sorry to, to take everything away from you. We, we will get round to introducing you, Martin, and, and talking about this properly. But my, my, my friend messaged me the other day uh, and he was like, oh, I've just started rewatching Breaking Bad, uh, which is like the most successful, one of the biggest TV shows of all time and things. And I tried to watch it. But in the first season, the whole reason it all starts, the catalyst of it is the main character, Walter White, gets cancer and has cancer and can't afford his medical bills, so he turns to the drug stuff. I have always struggled watching things about cancer. It's always been a bit of an odd subject for me that just makes me a bit uncomfortable. And to be honest, my, my granny died of breast cancer. My mum had a bit of a scare a few years ago. But beyond that, it's never directly impacted me or anything like that. But for some reason, it it's just a... a I mean, it's a terrifying word as a start. But um, it is, yeah, yeah. But but around it, it, it's something I've always found uncomfortable. Um, I wonder what what you have to say to that, given that you have had it, survived it, well, and kicked its ass. It, you know, it's it's actually it's it, it's funny that you that you mentioned seeing it in movies and and everything because like I I I mean I've seen the whole Breaking Bad to start with that and and I absolutely right. loved it, but that was at the time that I I wasn't too aware of of anything like that. Um, I've never been thinking about it. And since I've had it, anytime it shows up, and actually I've started noticing that 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 kind of trope, that topic is actually in so many like things yeah. in pop culture, like movies, series, it's everywhere. Like there's always some kind of storyline connected to it. Um, yeah, and, and since I started I started noticing it first of all, and second of all, I said be like, oh, like a lot of these things kind of hit differently, or I, I kind of view this character differently, or I know mm. I just I guess i I resonate with them a little bit more um it's not as bad like i was uh, some a bit of afraid at some point that would be like ah maybe i don't want to watch it exactly of what you're mentioning that it would feel uncomfortable or that would bring me back to it or whatever mm -hmm. um no but i, I think i think i think i've been quite fine with it it's just yeah it, it, i've noticed that it's that, that it's a lot more than than what i saw before so yeah um, so i mean let's I suppose the best way for, for us to do this podcast and to tell the stories is to do it like in, in a linear way. So taking us back to the beginning, yeah. essentially, um, if that's OK yeah. with you. I mean, I assume you're happy to talk Absolutely. about all this, given that we're on the podcast. But can you yeah. can you essentially start start at the beginning um, and take us through what happened? Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it, it's always a difficult to start because the question is like, where does it where does it really start? Yeah. Um. I guess. I guess as a bit of a preface to the whole line in the in the story, it's 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 important to say that that I had finished studying at university. I started a, a job, a corporate job, as a, a support analyst and a cartographer. 
uh, working at a big company and, and just doing all of that. On, on the side, of course, I've always been windsurfing, um, which, of course, we know each other from. Yep. Um, and um, I've been um, uh, teaching a lot of windsurfing as well, coaching. Um, but it was kind of at this point in my life where I noticed that I was getting a bit more serious, or at least people were pressuring me into being serious. And uh, yeah, and I started a full-time corporate job, mm-hmm. um, was um, uh, busy with that all the time. And um, yeah, I mean, of course, COVID was happening as well at that point. So it was a lot of home office and just in general, like not the best setting. But um, at that point, I was like, I am, I'm settling. It's all good. You know, like life is getting that. Yeah, kind of in that direction. Um, and then actually, before the whole cancer story started, a couple of weeks before, I think it's like three weeks before, a month before, um, I actually had this thing, which was an infection of the canal around the testicle, which had nothing to do with it. Absolutely has nothing to do with the cancer that I had later. Um, but I had this infection. Um, it actually, it's really, really bad because when you have it, it feels like someone kicked you in the balls and then it keeps kind of that pain stays for hours and hours and hours. So I couldn't fall asleep. And um, yeah, at some point in the middle of the night, I, I woke up my girlfriend and said, hey, we have to go to the hospital. But I think, or just at least call a doctor because I mean, it, it's really painful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we went to the doctor, the doctor prescribed some antibiotics, said it was this infection of, of this and this place. The pain kind of went uh, away after two or three days, something like that. Um, and the antibiotics worked all good. And then three weeks later, I was like still kind of feeling a lump on the testicle. And I was like, I mean, I guess it's part of the infection or something that stayed, or I don't know that it had like, I, I thought it had something to do with that, but I was like, uh, you know, let me let me double check it with uh, with my um, uh, with my doctor. Like the, I don't know what it's called in English, the, the the house doctor or whatever, the one you go to for all your basic. Yeah, yeah, stuff. doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and um, and I and yeah, I mainly went because there was some other things I wanted to talk about as well. I was like, I ah, you know what, let me just combine it all together and and, and go talk about because I was before that actually I've been to a doctor maybe twice, three times in my life, like like mm-hmm. to just for like a general checkup because I never really liked it or. I felt the need to, or was traveling, or was yeah, kind of yeah. always uh, out of the way. And then, um, yeah, so I went to the doctor, and and um, it was um, yeah, the doctor took a look at it and said, yeah, um, I'm not sure. Let's let's make an echo of it. Like, can you go to the hospital this afternoon to uh, to have like this 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 ultrasound made of it? Yeah. Uh, so I thought, sure, I'll go. Uh, so I went back home and, and yeah, told my girlfriend that I was going to go do that, and yeah, yeah. Uh, and she she insisted on coming and I was like ah, what are you talking about it's just a checkup like it's not necessary um, I didn't know at that time yet but her colleague actually her boy, the boyfriend of her colleague uh, that she was working with in that very moment had actually had it a year before and they had talked about it so she had like this kind of light was starting to uh, to, uh, to so she insisted that she wanted to come along um, so yeah we went we went to the hospital um, and yeah it was kind of this really bizarre experience because I went into this ultrasound uh, you get this like very cold jelly kind of on your um, uh, yeah on on the area on the testicle area and then they start going over it yeah um, and the doctor that was doing it like he had I, I think I liked it I think it was good for me but he had no chill he was like he went over it and after five seconds he was like yeah that's yeah, cancer I'm gonna have to operate it like he really went full fully in you know like no 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 holding back nothing so I was like I mean I guess for me I kind of just went into shock I was just like okay well it, what's what's happening now and what's the pathway like where am i going and uh, from there on it was just kind of um not to not to make the story too long but it was a bit of a roller coaster but for me actually it felt very um 
Yeah, how do I say it? Like, like actually, it felt really relaxing because it was a roller coaster for everyone around me and for everything that was happening. But for me, it was actually very easy. There was just a path. I had to do all these things yeah. step by step by step. And because I could follow this path, I felt like, okay, everything's taken care of. And <laughs> like, yeah, it's quite chill. So we went to right away to an oncologist. Luckily, my girlfriend was there so she could listen along because I, of course, was not listening and not remembering and yeah, not yeah. like taking note of anything that was happening. Um, and then basically with testicular cancer, it's like this, that you want to take it out as quickly as possible because it's a very simple operation. It's very easy to, uh, to do. Uh, the operation itself only takes like 20 minutes and it's literally just, they, they make like, um, I don't know if we want to get into the medical details, but um, for, for all the men out there, like it just, they make a little incision um, uh, like where your leg meets the rest of the body. Yeah, yeah. And there's, there's the canal. They can just cut the <clears> canal and then just pull at it and take kind of the whole ball out, like just to simplify it, you know? So it's actually a very simple, easy operation to, uh, to perform. Mm -hmm. uh, but they want to do it as quickly as possible before it spreads to the rest of the body. Basically. <laughs> um, so in my case, uh, it was two days later. So we had the, the diagnosis and then there was a day in between. And the day after that, they nearly uh, put me on there and there was the, the whole operation. In between, it was actually really a really fun moment that, that I like to recall because it's, uh, it's just this kind of movie-esque kind of thing uh, where I had to, of course... Um, uh, freezing my uh, my sperm for future offspring because it could, ah. because it could happen it could happen that I was not able to have kids anymore after that um, and then you you go to this like exactly how you see it in the movies in the series you have this little room with like a nice couch and some lighting and all these <laughs> magazines and TV and just exactly how you imagine it you know and then yeah and then you just heard had heard the news that you have cancer you know like I didn't know that yeah. much about it at that point yet, you know, and then you just have to jer jerk off and into this canister and yeah, oh, that's such a, it was a really, really kind of abstract thing happening, but you know, I could laugh about it because as I said, at that point, I was just following the steps and I was just super relaxed and just joking about it and it was just kind of oh. going along. But um, yeah, I remember my girlfriend and my family not really appreciating me being like uh, a lot uh, jolly uh, about uh, that particular part, uh, but yeah. Um, Still at this very point, somewhere in the in the Netherlands, there's a, a nitrogen tank with a with my potential offspring in case. There's some mini uh, martins in it. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, and that and was actually, that was yeah that that was that was one of the questions I, I was going to have was was about about the, the the whole fertility side of it. But that I suppose that makes complete sense. They're like, right, go and do it now. But equally, it's kind of weird. Like in the middle of you've got cancer and you've got an operation coming up. Can you just go and have a wank, please? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, and that's, I, I guess I could, I could kind of appreciate it. You know, it was, for me, it was fun and, and yeah, it was a, it was an interesting experience. Yeah. Um, and I, I ended up having to go there like two or three more times. Right. Um, because also later, um, which we'll get to later, because uh, initially I wasn't supposed to have chemo, but later when, when, the, when, when, when it was supposed to happen, they, they asked me to, to do some more because then the chances are even higher to lose your fertility yeah um so so yeah yeah and then the operation itself as i said it's 20 minutes they put me on there i woke up i had ice cream that was amazing the first thing they do after you come out at least in that hospital was to give you ice cream and that's one of my one of my my golden memories from uh, from that yeah. um and yeah and then at that point i mean in general most um testicular cancer diagnosis kind of end at that right so you have um, they diagnose you with it, they see the lump, they um, do the operation, take out one testicle, um, and then they, um, like most of, in most of the cases, that's it because it hasn't spread because usually it's kind of found on time. Mm -hmm. um, and that's about it. You have a six-week recovery period. For me, um, uh, it was a bit tricky because, of course, I wanted to go windsurfing as soon as possible again, but I wasn't supposed to because uh, the cut happens in a place that's actually quite, it's easy to, to, to like... Strain. Uh, yeah. Stretch, strain, disturb yeah, yeah. it. Like, 
if you really watch out even with walking stairs so it took about six weeks to do that um but yeah but then that was about it and then at the very first uh, meeting right after the operation which was a couple of days later um the doctor said yeah um we did the uh, the dissection we dissected it and uh, it's this particular uh, kind because there's two kinds of cancers you have the seminoma and the non-seminoma so you have the ones that basically are consisting of one type of cell and you have the one that's consisting of multiple types of cells mm-hmm. um, and the one that's consisting of multiple types of cells is really dangerous because it's really quickly spreading and can affect the whole body right mm-hmm. um, so they and I hope I'm remembering this correctly because this also all happened kind of in the yeah of course no 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 it's fine yeah 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 uh, well, it's not. Yeah. yeah. So basically, I got I got the good news that they took it out. Um, all the tumor markers in my blood, which is also an interesting story, because um, um, when you have um, uh, testicular cancer, um, you can see it in the blood. By you have these markers, kind of things in the blood that show up, oh. by which they can see. Oh yeah, this person has this going on in their body. And um, the funny thing about that is that one of those uh, markers is, and now I don't want to say the wrong thing, but uh, it's the female pregnancy hormone. So if you have testicular right. cancer and I was to do a pregnancy test, I was most likely return a positive pregnancy test, even though, <laughs> of course, I'm not pregnant, but that's yeah, kind of yeah. The, yeah, the, the, the setup there. So, yeah, but the good news, like it was good news, like right after the operation, I came to the oncologist and, and he said, yeah, all is good. We took it out. Uh, your markers went down in your whole body. So that means it hasn't spread. They did a CT scan of my whole body. Also checked, okay, no spreading nowhere. Um, and we did the dissection of the uh, of the tumor and it's the the non-aggressive one so you're all good we don't need chemo and uh yeah this carries away and now from now on the only thing we need to do is like have regular checkups and that's about it so yeah um i was relieved i went into recovery um didn't even need a physio so it was quite chilled actually um yeah and then i thought that was that you know like that's uh, it's a scare but but it's all good and um, I had the celebration with friends. Uh, we we popped like champagne bottles, had cake, had everything. Just like I don't know, they they came with it to me, and it was super nice. And yeah, yeah, it's it's still uh, at that point we are like super happy, you know, because it looks uh, it looked to be uh, to be all over. Kind of at the same time it was also because it happened uh, the diagnosis and the um, and the operation all happened like the very last few days of October. So it's actually currently it's about two years ago um, mm-hmm. that everything kind of started yeah um and yeah and then of course november which is also the reason why i wanted to talk to you about this around this time of the year um, yeah of course to, uh, to, to put awareness towards the campaign and everything yeah um, that goes with that um i uh, decided to also kind of make something good with it i don't know it was just kind of felt like a way to cope with it to uh, immediately jump into november and set up uh, my own kind of um, campaign and uh, raise awareness and put a post and of course if i put a post online with me in a hospital bed um eating the ice cream that i mentioned before um it's still gonna like everyone when they see it on social media they'll see it right and then yeah, yeah. it actually in, in in the end it was a it was a massive success i think it was like three thousand euros or something that that we managed to put together from all the people that have seen it and 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 with awesome. the whole campaign so it was really really um really success um in that sense so that was yeah very good and it's actually interesting to to maybe talk about that like if it wouldn't have been around that period, I probably wouldn't have gone public with it. Like, like, cause it's like, you know, still, as you said, it's a bit of an uncomfortable topic and especially, um, yeah, it's your testicles. So that's also something, um, that's, that's always a bit difficult to talk about. I mean, at this point I'm, I'm so chilled. Like it's for me, it's no problem to talk about testicles, penises, all these things like, you know, go ahead, you know, like uh, make jokes about it all the time now because I feel comfortable because of all these conversations. 
Uh, but at that point, I, I don't think I would have gone public with it or posted anything about it on social media or anything like that, if not for the fact that I could have done something good with it. And that's kind of how um, it could out. So it's something I thought about a lot back then. And of course, you know, you get a lot of messages and people reaching out and it's all super nice, but also quite, um, yeah, how do you say? Like, it, it felt a bit like I suddenly became a secretary trying to, like, manage all these messages. And well, it gets, flash. yeah, it, uh, it's, it's difficult when something like that happens because everyone's doing it for the best intentions. They want to message you, check in, see if you're okay. But actually, sometimes what you actually need in that time is is radio silence. You know, you actually, whether, whether regardless yeah. of whether, regardless of whether you're, um, you're, you're kind of in fairly good spirits, which it sounds like you were, you know, you kind of made the best of the situation. And, and, and actually to, to go back to one of the first things you said, it's actually something I've heard before of often when someone does get cancer and things like that, it's actually the people around them that tend to get more stressed about it. Um, yeah, because the, the, the people that do have it, you, you have your one clear course, you, you, your goals are now set. You know, there's no doubting anything else. Work, fucking anything yeah. else can can get in the bin, can get out the window. You know, at the moment, yeah. the entire focus is following the path to get yourself back to being at full health. So that that becomes your sole focus. And if you want to take it and and kind of try and have a laugh about it, that everyone has their own way of processing it. But I think for people on the outside, and like for sure for me, if I've, one of my relatives or close friends got it, I'd be freaking out. I wouldn't be able to kind of, even if they were sat laughing about it, I'd be freaking out. I'm sure anyone out there would, but I think yeah. it's, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's definitely a point to be made that, you know, it, it, the, the, when you, when you do have it and this, I think not just for cancer, for any other illness or, or anything, even, even for me, you know, with like your, you know, um, you know, men, mental health struggles, obviously that's different because it, it's, it's so up and down and things like that. But yeah. Going, going back to what you said, yeah, I think some, sometimes with all the messaging and people and this and this and this, it happened to me when I put this podcast out, when I first put it out mm -hmm. about, you know, saying about my mental health and I had all these messages and, you know, I was like, it's so lovely, but I was like, oh, you know. What, you, what do I do with all of this right now? Yeah. 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 Other, uh, than, other, than, other than just kind of reply and say thank you, but then you sit there and worry, oh, is, is saying thank you enough and all this, but you're like, Actually. Exactly, yeah. But, it, but it's yeah. like, well. I, I just like yeah should i should i give these people like a bit longer story or maybe i should call them and talk with them about them because they're better friends or less for yeah. it's like you have this whole all these thoughts that are unnecessary at that at that point you know that it's, it's yeah but it's i mean and as you said at that point i was in really good spirit i was i was really really went through it positively i i was really happy with the november campaign i was really happy with 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 that the news was good that that it all went well yeah. that yeah you know like in general it was a scare, but it, it felt good. I didn't feel like I had a lot to kind of deal with afterwards. It didn't feel like a massive life-altering event. Although I have to say that after that, I did immediately start thinking, oh, maybe let's say it would have been worse. I I know maybe I, I wouldn't be, be here. I've, of course, at that point, and it's very important to mention that the stickler cancer in general has is, is very curable. Like, yeah, uh, especially at the point where, where I was there, like with just the operation, 99% of people like survive. Survive it, like, yeah, yeah. Really, yeah, there's nothing to, uh, to worry about. And even if you get to the point that I got too late, it's still really good odds, you know, like at the worst I've been at at some point was like 80% survivability. So it's still yeah. those 20% are starting to get scary. Uh, but in general, the, the treatments and everything are, are really good for it. Um, yeah, but but still, like at that point, you know, I was already thinking, oh, 
it was a scare it could have been much worse um yeah. i want to change some things in my life you know like i've i've, I've already like was thinking about that yeah, should i then stay in this corporate job or should i do some other things i started my own video business company then just because i did video for ages and i always did like little jobs on the side for people but i thought that yeah, maybe i want to legitimize this a bit and make a website and mm-hmm. officially register it and everything to go along just you know to start building something on the side that if i want to at some point maybe i can hop off the the this this corporate kind of life train that yeah. maybe is not that not that fitting to me actually and, and not that comfortable which by the way i was already telling people when i accepted the job i was already telling people yeah it's, it's probably not for me you know and everyone's like yeah it's not for you why are you doing this you know and then i guess it took this at at, at some point to, uh, to start changing my uh, my sentiment no but it. it's it's one of the i mean this is one of the co- one of the the conversations and subjects I, I i probably talked about most on the podcast and that's feeling feeling this pressure when you get to that kind of mid late 20s to suddenly go in, into a life that you you a probably aren't ready for and b you actually not sure you even want you in the first place to. Yeah. You don't even want it. And and I literally had this, I was a guest on a podcast the other day. We, we were talking about it through a mental health lens. Obviously today we're talking about it through a cancer lens, but it, it's really sad that it often takes a huge life-changing uh, yeah. thing like getting cancer or having a mental breakdown or some, or, you know, some, uh, the, the death of a friend, things like that. You see it all too often that it takes something massive like this in order for people to go, fuck this i'm going to try and set up my own thing or i'm actually going to go and do what i want to do it would be so lovely yeah. if we could if we could get to the point where people felt it would be acceptable to go and set up their own business and you know a yeah. videography business leave the job go traveling instead go and do this without having to have the terrifying uh you know life-changing ordeal first you know yeah yeah uh, exactly it, yeah it, it, but yeah. It, but the sad thing is i i guarantee people are a lot more tolerant and not the people who are perhaps intolerant of you of you doing it. Maybe mm-hmm. intolerance is the wrong word, but I guarantee people understand a lot more that you're like, now I'm going to go and set my own business up and do more windsurfing, go traveling more because you have had cancer than if you hadn't. If you hadn't had cancer, yeah. people would have been like, oh, that's a bit of a risk. But because you've yeah. had cancer and got through it, they're like, go, Martin, go and set yeah. it up. You, you, you know, you've, you've got through this, you need it. And it's it's really funny that things like that happen, isn't it? That you, you yeah. once you go through this thing, Yet, if you hadn't gone through that, it would still be perfectly acceptable for you to go and do Absolutely. this. Absolutely, yeah. you know. But it's it's also and, and then on the flip side for myself, what what's interesting, what I think a lot about is like sometimes I feel like, oh, maybe what I'm doing right now, and I guess we get to the point of how my life looks right now later after the the second kind of episode. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah of course. I can tell. I can tell uh, there's a butt coming. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a big butt coming. But um, yeah, the the uh, what what I. Think about a lot now is that I sometimes I feel like oh but this is really cliche kind of like I'm I'm kind of doubting yeah. this approach I'm like oh this is such a cliche thing to tell people oh yeah I was really sick and then I decided to change my life around you know or, or do that and I feel like it's not legitimate or something from my perspective because it was you know it's yeah you have this, this these these kind of mental struggles will will always be there I guess so well yeah, that's, that's that's um that's that's something we we call uh well a part of that I would say is something called imposter syndrome where you you feel like you don't deserve to be there. And, and I would imagine, and please tell me if I'm wrong, um, given that what you've said about testicular cancer there and the, the survival rate and things, there's something I wonder about like survivor's guilt almost as well, where you're like, I got away, I got away really easy and everything's fine. Mm. You know, I, I wonder if that is a thing. It may not be. It may be me just putting. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I've had that feeling. I, I think that there have been. <laughs> Some people kind of maybe putting it on me at some point like yeah. it's, it's, when, I, when i was in the hospital with with chemo as well 
um, it was it was oh, it was, was such a surreal experience, and we'll get to it in a second. But um, very often I was in a room with mostly, and this is this is one of the the most difficult things I think for me about it. Also mentally at that point mm-hmm. when when I was there, um, mostly with people 70, 80 years of age um, yeah. that are either already terminal or they're really old, so the cancer doesn't spread as quickly, so they have much less treatment, and you know. And then it was it was also really weird, kind of because I was interacting with also people who were terminal. And the fact that they were then feeling bad for me because I was young and yeah. um, kind of fighting this at, at this point, even though they were about to die, you know, like it was, and, and then they kind of made me feel like, like I was worse off, you know, kind of it was, it was really, yeah, this, uh, that's a very difficult topic, I think, to, to start because I, I, yeah, there was so many kind of different people that I met and, and there were no young people around, which was in general very difficult. Also in the recovery process afterwards. I mean, um, that must yeah. have been, that must have been, I mean, after I've said this, let's get into it so you can finish the story. Cause I realize we're, we're getting into it without you telling it, but mm-hmm. that, that must've been quite powerful for them, for, for them who are literally on death's door, essentially, you know, they're, they're, they're there, they're almost at the gate and for them to sit there and, and, be fe- me. Like, and, and, yeah, and, and, and yeah they're, they're pitying you to me that, that is more ammunition for everyone out there thinking of going out there and living life a bit more rather than trying to make some more Absolutely. money and taking a job than anything yes. else. The fact that they're sat there feeling sorry for you going, right, lad, you should be out there in the world enjoying it. You shouldn't be in this place with us, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, that's, that's very, that's, that's powerful, mate. And, and that, I mean, maybe, Maybe I'm slightly biased because that's quite a big thing in in my life and has formed the framework for what I do now in my in my life is is taking that attitude. But yeah. that that that's how it resonates with me is what the way what they said to you there is you know yeah. and for anyone listening as well taking that as you know fuck me they're they're at the end and you're you're still not even quite at the middle yet and they're like yeah, come absolutely. on you know they and they they feel they're not sat there going oh well, you know sad about us they're like no look at this guy he's got so much more to go and do you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it was yeah, it was a very interesting. Especially at that point, I was um, not in like in not in the mindset, but also not just like my brain was not working yeah. how it should be working. Yeah, it was really slow and and very weak. So it was very difficult to kind of grasp with these things. And it's only now, like a year, two years after, that I keep kind of rem- remembering these things and then starting to think about it. Uh, and then realizing exactly what you're saying right now, and also some like some other points that, that they were bringing up that I at the at the time I I was in, in not in any state you know to to yeah. even have half a, a like logical thoughts. So yeah, but yeah, let's 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 yeah, get into I, the, the the kind of yeah because the um, second half, yeah, yeah. Tell tell us the second half. The, yeah, the second act. Everything uh, at that point, everything was was looking amazing. As I said, I had just like set up a business. I even like once again celebrated it. Um, um, got some of my first clients. Like was was generally just uh, feeling super good. And then the first checkup came up, and the first checkup was after three months. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way the checkup works is they uh, draw your blood, um, and then um, they check for those markers again that we were talking about um, earlier. Mm-hmm. um and yeah i mean i i went for my blood being drawn and then two days later we we came back into the hospital with, with my girlfriend again and honestly I, I i don't whistle as a person but it was kind of like just walking in there whistling like la 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 you know we'll uh, just have the quick talk with the oncologist and we'll be back in three months like um it was really that um that's chilled and relaxed about it just because the news was so good before and they said like yeah at this point it's just 
a routine checkup, nothing to worry about. Yeah. And the first thing, like when I came in, I already noticed by um, my uh, oncologist's face, who, by the way, is an amazing guy. Um, it's, it's, um, even though I see him only once at the moment, I see him once every two months um, yeah. for half an hour. But it's just I kind of feel like I, like I've bonded with him. And yeah, but... um, I, I always have to really watch out also when I speak to the nurses or some kind of admin from, from the hospital that I call him by his surname and not by his name because I'm always like, hey, yeah, go Adi, you know, like, I'm like <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, just super cool guy, really good Um uh, for me, it's been like a star in, in leading me through this whole process. Awesome. Um, so I already saw from his face we're walking in mm. um, that, um, yeah, something something was off. And uh, basically he said like, yeah, um, we think there's been a mistake at the lab because this blood work does not correspond at all what you've had before. Mm -hmm. There's these tumor markers that are up, but they are not at all the ones that were up before, you know? So like they literally thought that someone switched the blood around that there was something wrong. Fuck. Um, in that situation um, and I was still kind of I guess ignorant at that point I was like ah oh, that must be so shit for the other person who now doesn't know about this going on you know mm -hmm. um, um, but so he said like yeah we'll take another uh, we'll take another um, a blood sample and we'll do a CT scan um, and you'll come back in two days three days to, uh, to just double check you know just to be sure so we did that come back and um yeah then at that point it was already uh, really clear and we could see from his face like yeah no it's actually really bad because it uh, it actually turned out that the pathologist that did the exam of the uh testicle of the tumor on the testicle um kind of omitted so most of it was indeed the one cell version but there was a very small bit that was like the multi-cell version mm -hmm. um that managed to spread just like barely it was also not visible on the first scans and by the time i came back for the checkup because i'm young because young bodies generally the cancer spreads much quicker and yeah. it's much more aggressive mm -hmm. um, um it was already like spread out um over a lot of the places in my body especially around the uh, yeah, it's called the paraortal lymphs. So it's the lymph nodes that are kind of close to the aorta that goes along your spine. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so there was a big spreading spot there. Um, uh, it was the more aggressive uh, version of the of the cancer. Um, and it was already at a point in terms of like how, um, how developed and how spread it was that it was like really last call to even start like uh, a chemo that was only like three rounds because it otherwise would have been more or the odds would be even lower like this lots of um, um, kind of distinctions in there. Uh, but at that point it was like, yeah, last call, we like, I think I was there on a Friday and he said, yeah, Monday morning, you come here and we start chemotherapy. Like that's, that's just what we do, what mm -hmm. we have to do. Um, and then suddenly out of nowhere, again, like kind of it happened before where I just went to the hospital and suddenly two days later I was, I was having a surgery. Mm -hmm. uh, now it was like, oh, you're going to hospital and two days later you're coming here for chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. Now for, I think it, it I think it warrants a bit of an explanation just for most people that don't actually, that are not aware, not aware about how chemotherapy works. Mm -hmm. um, the, um, the main thing is, and that's the weirdest thing, you walk into the hospital the first time when you start chemotherapy, you walk into the hospital basically feeling completely fine. Like I walk in, I'm fit, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a sport, you know, young person, not feeling shit at all. And then at the end of the whole uh, treatment, which for me was lasting for three months, a little bit longer, um, you're a zombie. You're, you're literally like at, at, at that point, I, I could as well say that I didn't exist as a person just because yeah. I was like mentally not there, physically completely different. Like everything is in. And, and the point of how chemotherapy works is 
it destroys the cancer in your body, but it doesn't destroy it by targeting the cancer. It destroys it by just destroying everything that yeah. grows quickly in your body. So the, the the point is to just destroy everything and then hope that as part of that, you destroy also yeah. um, the um, the cancer that's in the body. Um, then on top of that, because I'm I was a young person and I had this uh, aggressive form, I got this cure that's called the, the BEP cure, the BEP, uh, which consists of three separate kind of types of, of chemo that are kind of given in succession. Mm -hmm. um, and like, you, so for example, from Breaking Bad, what you see in Breaking Bad is he comes into the hospital once every, I don't know, two, three weeks, and then sits there for half an hour or two hours and then gets the, the thing injected um, uh, through the IV and then that's it. Hmm. Um, which is a lot of people get chemo like that, for example, when they know they're already terminal. So it's just to kind of lengthen their life. So you don't want to have them have all these side effects that are that, uh, that, that, that horrible. In my case, it was like, yeah, no, we're going to beat this and we need to really go full guns blazing, hmm. which means um, we have three kind of cures, um, three rounds of chemo. Uh, each round lasts three weeks from which the first week you're fully in the hospital and you're doing nothing else than being connected to it. Like, so hmm. you just lay in bed and you have this massive like, a totem, totem, yeah. how do you call it? A totem stick next to you, which has uh, five liters of fluid hanging on it, like like two liters of water and then a liter of this chemo and a liter of this chemo and everything. And then throughout the whole day, it's just pumping into your veins and the whole time you have to go peeing uh, and you're peeing out and it's coming in and basically you're just kind of cycling through your body yeah. nonstop all these, these, these fluids for a week long. Then you have a couple of days break, you come back for one day and then you have a couple of days break again, you come back for one day, a couple of days break and then you start a new um a new cycle so basically you have these three cycles from which at the beginning of each cycle you're there for a week um and um yeah as i said because the aim is not to lengthen my life in the sense of we're kind of delaying the inevitable but because they want they wanted to beat it mm -hmm. um the doctors um it was just like you really have to get you to the lowest of the lowest you can possibly get like yeah. really destroy everything and that means you, yeah you're gonna get the full full dose everything coming yeah. in um full power which means for example apart from um just having for example the most basic thing that people know hair loss mm -hmm. um of course that happens um uh, which by the way the moment i heard about it on the friday uh the saturday afterwards i immediately was like ah, you know what because i i always had long hair like this actually a little bit longer as well most mm -hmm. people right now that for example i i, I when i got to know you I, I had the short short hair you don't know me with the long hair but this has kind of been how i've always been like mm -hmm. um but at that point i just decided okay you know what i'm gonna own this like it's gonna fall out at some point i might as well yeah. just go right away you know, like that's uh, this kind of a kind of a way i guess to take agency or to just kind of like take control of the situation mm -hmm. um but that's kind of the most known side effect you know another side effect is that you feel um like that you have to throw up now with me it was <laughs> quite funny because i was throughout this whole process the whole time i was non-stop on the cusp of throwing up but i never actually threw up like it's this feeling <laughs> of being sick non-stop but never yeah. actually having it happen and then from the people i've talked about it with well that that were also having it they said like yeah but even if you throw up like it doesn't relieve the sickness you know, it's mm -hmm. like always um it's always there but for example some other things that a lot of people don't know about or don't like hear about that often is um the tiredness um your body is really really gets super tired and you have like zero energy to do anything um and your concentration completely dies like it's it's gone so basically for me, it was like I was super tired, but of course I couldn't sleep the whole time. But when I then wanted to read a book or watch something, it was impossible because my concentration was 10 minutes and then just looking at something for 10 minutes or reading a book for 10 minutes, mm. I was done. You know, like I couldn't focus on it anymore, which means that basically for these three months in total of this, this whole process, 
I was just staring, laying in bed, feeling shit and looking at the wall and not being able to do anything. Um, and, and I was also, especially mentally for me, it was very, very taxing because this whole kind of positive attitude, it, it just went away. Um, I kind of, I kind of lost that. Um, and I just turned into this, this, I mean, I, 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 I dare say basically depressed, like kind of ready to give up. Like, um, mm. I think, I think the best way to show that the kind of where I was mentally, especially during the third one, which was the last one where I thought, ah, oh, that's going to be easy because you know, I've already had two. It's the last one I can go through it. Um, but it was so bad that I was really like, if it turns out now that I need to have another round of chemo, like, I think, I think I've literally said it to my girlfriend at this point, like, I don't know if I want to do it. I don't know if I, I, I think I'd just rather prefer to just let it all go. And I don't think I use the word die, but it's kind of, you know, at that point I was really like, right. fuck, you know, like really completely, um, just beaten. Like I, there's, there's zero energy, zero, like, especially mental energy in me anymore to do anything. I was, I was being supported really well though, like from the hospital, they had a psychologist, they had someone else as well. The mm-hmm. nurses were amazing. And I think. In general, the hospital I was at, like I couldn't wish for anything for anything better, but it was always, always, um, uh, yeah, you're just down, completely down, and it was, it was just very difficult to uh, to to deal with it. And then, as I said, like it was a week in hospital, and then you basically get two weeks at home with like these two days in between where you come back. Um, and that's where my girlfriend came in, who just like absolute star, like it's amazing how she took care of me and everything she did for me in 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 this time because I was a zombie at home, you know, I couldn't. Mm. um eat anything oh that's actually also funny the next thing because um your your taste completely went goes away um so everything just tasted like concrete to me so of course i'm sick and everything tastes like concrete what am i gonna eat you know like there's yeah. no this this is yeah so so that was difficult but of course you need to eat something because you're losing a lot of weight um, um but you're also gaining weight in the other direction because of all the fluids that are coming in and then your whole body just kind of becomes like a jelly and um you're not using your muscles so you also become weaker and yeah, it's just very difficult. Maybe to, to think about the side effects also a little bit, like because um, I don't want to scare anyone who who I don't know maybe gets into this similar situation in the future. There's a, a mighty amount of side effects from the chemotherapy just because it's literally poison that you put into the body. Mm-hmm. But not not everyone gets all the side effects. Mm-hmm. So for example, <clears throat> I actually have a, a friend of mine uh, who had like the the female version of this uh, of this kind of cancer who had the exact same uh, chemo treatment. Uh, about two or three years before um, I had it. So I contacted her when I got the news that I, that I had to do chemo to ask her about how her experience was. Um, and um, the way she said it, it was like, yeah, it's, it's, it's horrible. It's not nice. You feel like shit. But for me, I think it was okay. And I mean, I was able to read books and, and I wrote some essays for school and everything, you know. Oh, so, wow, yeah. uh, so her experience was, was, quite, was, was quite nice um or quite nice it's still completely shit but you know you yeah. know what i mean kind of like relatively um whereas with me it was like that that the after like the second chemo round when i came to the oncologist into the office to talk with him about how it's going um he literally just said uh, first of all like I, I i walked in and the first thing he said oh it's like it's really murphy's law with you right like before even giving any context to what's going on like he didn't even say if the chemo is working or what's going on you know like um, um but yeah that was uh, like he said it's literally murphy's law because you have this bingo sheet, you know, and you you have bingo on everything. Like you get all the side effects. Like I really like kind of drew the short end with getting all these little side effects that, that were possible. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so for example, I was also having and still having this is that my ears um, uh, like tinnitus, like yeah, yeah. really um, uh, the, the sound, um, the the loss of taste uh, that I was that I was describing earlier. 
Um, yeah, I'm honestly, I, I, there were so many of them that I kind of, I, I don't even remember uh, a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, yeah. So, so, so I had kind of a, a bad experience in 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 that um, in that direction. Um, so yeah. So then my girlfriend at home was taking amazing care of me, um, kind of throughout this this in between process. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to imagine that at this point, um, the doctors were like recommending that I still do some movement every day, um, which movement for me meant walk outside of the door 20 30 meters away sit on the bench yeah. in the sun and at least i had luck with the sun and then i walk back and going up the stairs was already a challenge and and that's it you know for someone who who was always very fit was uh, very sporty because you know i used to be a professional swimmer and i went into windsurfing not professionally but like i'm i'm i'm, I'm doing it a lot i've been feeling very fit to then feel like that was like really like i was on the sidewalk, I was being overtaken by old people with these, these, yeah. these pushy things, you know, kind of like like that direction. It was really, um, yeah. Do you, um, did you, because when you said, um, you know, you, you lose your concentration and you found it hard to focus and things, did it affect your, because you, and then, and then you also said, you know, you felt really, um, you know, d- depressed and things like that. Did it, did it affect your, um, awareness of, of how you were feeling? And, and, and maybe that maybe that's a really vague question, but me- mentally, did it like did you did you feel you had like the awareness of like yeah this is shit what's going on in my body, but also like I'm I'm feeling really shit about myself as, as well about it, or were you kind of so out of it that you didn't feel? I'm the the, the only reason is I, I'm thinking of one example. I saw it through social media, but um, Ruben Lenton, the kite surfer, he had cancer, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, and and throughout throughout the whole thing, I think I think he yeah he did go through chemotherapy, I think. Um. And throughout the whole thing, he was posting videos of how positive he was being and all this. And and, and I mean, like pretty inspir- inspirational. And, but, you know, I, I do wonder whether he had kind of darker days behind the, you know, behind closed doors and things like that, which I'm sure he did. Um, but it, it looked like he was fairly aware the whole time of how how he was feeling like cognitively, like in his brain. And right, I'm going to be happy and we're, I'm, you know, push through this and things. You said you kind of unfortunately went the other way and, and felt depressed. Did did you have a load of awareness of, of those feelings? I suppose is what I'm trying. I, yeah. I, I'd, I'd say I was definitely aware. Like I was feeling all these things. I was talking about it a lot and with my girlfriend, with my right. mom, with, um, with, with the nurses and, and also the psychologists at the hospital. Um, but I also noticed that, that what I lost kind of was my defenses, you know, um, I've, um, and this, I don't know, even know if you know this, but before even this whole story, I, I used to struggle a bit with anxiety as well during mm-hmm. university um which i think was mostly because of my dad passing away at a young age and that's a whole story i think for another time but yeah um i think i learned to cope really well with exactly like um with 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 my mental side like i learned how to to deal with bad thoughts and how to get myself out of a vicious cycle and all of this and i just felt like 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 what the chemo did to me is that it 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 kind of just destroyed all these defenses like all my defenses were down i i you know like i I was aware of the fact that it's stupid that I'm thinking, ah, fuck, if I have to do another round, I just, I just let, rather let it go. Like I, I was aware that it's not where I should be, but it was so darn difficult to, to, to kind of get my, my, um, uh, my, my hopes, my, my, just my general morale up. Like I just, I couldn't do it. And I think that was also something that was frustrating me again. And then bringing me back down again, that I was like, ah, I'm just, I'm so angry at myself for not being able to, to deal with this, even though, mm it's like it's gonna be good like the, the chemo's work especially during the second and third round like it's working the, the 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 markets are going down everything is looking good but it just it, it it wasn't there you know and then also i was becoming very kind of like existential about like what's the point of it all and if i come out and 
what do I do with my life? Because I definitely want to keep going <clears throat> the way I am. And I, I know I just I just think I, I think the main thing, um, and I don't know, I, I haven't seen all the videos from from Ruben. Um, so I have no idea how his like positive uh, attitude and everything was was developing. Mm -hmm. uh, but for me, it just I, I lost it completely. I was for me, it was it was really impossible to stay to stay positive during during it all. However hard I was trying, just my 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 whole like kind of um, concentration and my whole mental kind of side was just it collapsed. Like there's no way for me to uh, to feel better about it. And and I, yeah, I, I would love to be able to be positive at that point. I was really trying. I was really really trying, especially knowing how I managed to deal with the first kind of act of yeah. the whole story. Uh, but at that point, I was really yeah, it was just. And then maybe because another thing that played into it, which we didn't even discuss it, it was it was COVID. It was in the middle of COVID. It was at the point where mm. in the hospital I was allowed to have one visitor a day. Um, who actually preferably one visitor a day, not every day someone else, but just one person, because right. at that point you're you're immunocompromised, right? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So for me, actually, um, if I would if I were to get COVID at that point, it would just rage across my yeah, body yeah. because there was no also like no biological defense system, like that was all gone as well. Uh, so that was something to really watch out with. But even like a regular flu or anything like that is dangerous at that point, you know, because any infection is dangerous, uh, which, by the way, is one of the other side effects I had, which was that all my gums and everything um, in my mouth started infecting because there was nothing to. to. Yeah, 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 it's the first place why people get you get like ulcers and stuff after a hangover and things. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then for yeah. and then for me, it was just everything was infecting because, yeah. And then because of that, I also had to like delay a little bit of chemo which is why it took three months in the end anyway um so that's one of the other side effects um but uh but yeah i like so yeah i like that you wasn't... i like the defenses the word you use defenses that that it's a really good analogy for it of like basically you know it's like it's like being in a castle and you're defending against the invaders but you decide to open all the gates and knock the walls down you know um yeah. and especially I mean, especially I didn't, put... I didn't decide it it just kind of just like yeah Boom, like it felt you know yeah like, yeah but it and, and especially especially you know me mentally as well as you said by the sounds of it you'd kind of cultivated coping mechanisms throughout your life because you'd struggle with anxiety previously so you're like no i'm, I'm good I've, I've got a handle on this and also there's a lot to be said for what physical activity does for your mental health as well and yeah, for, for and, and, and me and you you know we're, we're both very similar not just you know windsurfing but just generally i i know i'm i'm a much happier uh, healthier just everything human being when i feel like i've moved my body for an hour and a half every day um yeah. and as soon as that's taken away from you 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 know it it, it really does um it really does hugely play out i mean i i even just something as simple as me last year tearing my mcl in my knee and i couldn't move for you know well, when we first met yeah. i was on crutches i had a knee brace yeah. on and everything and that yeah. that annoyed the shit out of me but you know and at that time and i gotta say my you know when i first met you you were pale skinny no hair you know i was like does this kid even windsurf and then i and then of course i come onto your instagram and realize you got one of the best kulos in the game and i was like well i'll, I'll sit back down then um but yeah it, it's remarkable that you know uh the, the transformation from seeing you then to obviously the the man that i've got on my screen right now or you know seeing you this summer and, and things like that is was is incredible you know insane so i you 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 can also and and that must be really difficult as well is not that you probably spent much time looking in the mirror, but every time you did see yourself in the mirror, you're like, that's yeah. not, that's not me. That's not me yeah. who I'm looking back, especially a guy in his twenties. You know, these are meant to be the times of your life where you're at your peak. You're I'm the strong, I'm as strong as I'm going to be, you know? Yeah. And and to see, to see yourself looking like that physically must be really difficult as well. Yeah. You know, yeah that, absolutely. 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's the, 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 the physical side of it, as I said, like it just, a while it, it was also me kind of beforehand, I was like, okay, I'm going to take ownership of this and I'm just going to cut the hair off right away and I'm just going to accept the way it is. Yeah. But really, like, like when you saw me, I was kind of already getting better. I was at the yeah. point, like, was already picking up windsurfing again, although in Theologos, where, where we I met, don't think I, you windsurfed, I, did you? Did you? I, I did. You for did. For 10 minutes. And it was my first time out in, in a little bit more wavy conditions. And after 10 minutes, I was dead. I, I was like really? grasp, gasping for air on the beach. And it was really, uh, but I, I did want to try and, and I did go for it. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was really early days still in terms of like recovery after after the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like even two, three months before that, it was really the worst because as you said, I'm completely pale. All the hair is gone. My whole body just kind of turned into, a, I think I'm going to say a blob kind of because because it's just kind of it, it 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 filled with fluid i got a lot heavier uh, but there was no muscle and it's just yeah. uh, it a completely kind of different body than what i was used to as well yeah um also an interesting thing it, it doesn't really have to do with the looks but it has more to do with actual the, the physical um uh, abilities is that I, I was before that i was windsurfing for 10 years about you know and throughout those 10 years i was freestyling for like six or something yeah um and in those six years my whole body kind of strengthened in these strategic places yeah. to be strong enough to 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 kind of get all this, the crashes and the smashes in the water and the the feet twisting and the foot strap and and all mm -hmm. of that um whereas during the chemo like everything breaks down in your body like it all like everything like the hair falls out but also all your all your 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 muscles get weaker they get kind yeah. of eaten up because because your body needs energy and there's just kind of no fat at that point yeah they at atrophy kind of atrophy it's cold isn't it Where you're, exactly you're... and and then also all my joints and all these these places they just got super weak you know so then the first time i'm windsurfing afterwards yeah. as well I immediately injured myself a little bit, just like with something completely stupid, but just yeah. because I, I had the muscle memory and in my head, I'm like, ah, oh, I can do a chakra, like it's no problem, you know? And I go for it and I do it, but I feel in my whole body, the moment I land, I feel like, oh, this is like, yeah. this thing is not built for this anymore. Like there's a yeah. lot of, um, yeah. And, and I still have it today today that I, I have to be much more careful with how I sail and, and, and I'm working and kind of trying to work on my, on my physique and, and especially on the, on the, on, on, on these kind of, um, um, sensitive points like the knees and the, the ankles and, and the wrists and kind of the shoulders, which in windsurfing get twisted a lot. Um, like that's, it, I really have to work on it to have them as strong as they were two years ago. And then suddenly yeah. just got completely cut out, you know? So let's, yeah, let's, yeah. let's, let's get into that. Then. Let's, let, let's get into the, the, the kind of um, recovery side. So you, you've gone through, uh, you've gone through the chemo. Um, you know, you're, you're at the point where you're like, right. I can't face at my it. lowest basically yeah you're yeah. you're you, you you've reached the, the bottom essentially um talk us talk us through what happened subsequently and that that, that led to you you know re recovering and, and being what you are now yeah so basically the um, um after the whole chemo process you at least in the Netherlands you get assigned to this uh, kind of recovery program um the recovery program for me was lasting for three months so I started in June um, and it, it was meant to last, um, it lasted till the end of August, basically. Um, and this recovery program is kind of a mixture of physiotherapy, of um, uh, psychology, of, oh, I don't even know what his name was, but it was like this, this thing where you learn to, to be aware of your body again and like this kind of um, psychomotorics, oops, yeah, I don't know, just kind of this, all these fancy words and there was like multiple sessions, uh, but, very big but, um it's there's not many young people that have cancer and when they do they usually don't have it at the same time or finish the treatment at the same time in around the same area 
So what happened to me is that for three months, I was in this group and you work on this together in a group because you have a lot of like sitting around the table, talking around uh, about your experiences and how to deal with it and how to deal with energy, how to deal with concentration, but also how to deal with family and people around you kind of in, in, in also trying to deal with it. Uh, and I had this group of, of um, five people, four wonderful ladies, but they were all in their 70s. So just completely kind of disconnected from yeah. from the experience that you know that that I was having um, at that point and it was um, it was really cool to to be with them because um, they it kind of felt like I had a couple of extra grandmas you know yeah. um, and we had we had a great relationship and uh, the whole physical part was really cool because you know everyone had their personal program and we just worked on it together at the same gym mm -hmm. um, and I by the way hate gyms like it doesn't work for me at all I I, I don't like to go to gyms I feel awkward i yeah, don't like too. being around all these other people looking at me doing this exercise i don't know enough about it and yeah. just for me it's always been a no-go zone like i don't want to go there for me it doesn't work i get I, if i want to get fit i'll do it windsurfing i'll do it climbing bouldering i'll do yeah. it running or anything else that's fun but i don't like to be in the gym just for the sake of doing that yeah i'm the same you get what, yeah, yeah. So, um, so i have to be yeah i i i don't I don't understand. I, I, it's brilliant that it does it for other people. Like my girlfriend, Heidi, she, she goes to the gym and she's got really into it and now loves it. Although climbing is now replacing it for her. But for mm -hmm. me, I, I go to, I go to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu all the time, which is technically a gym, but it's different. You're, mm -hmm. you're doing a sport, you're learning something, you're doing all that. And for me, that's always been the draw. I mean, obviously, of course, yeah. wind, windsurfing would be the dream, but because it's conditions dependent, you can't go right. I'm yeah. going windsurfing. Well, unless yeah. you're in unless you're in Greece in the summer or in Brazil or something, you can't go right yeah. from one from one till three today. I'm going windsurfing. I'm going to go for my workouts. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, uh, that's you know, okay, yeah. you can't do it. Uh, you know, uh, but that's that's kind of in in that group. I discovered for the first time. I discovered this feeling that I guess other people that go regularly to the gym have because I was not feeling awkward because I was just with this group of people that I was meeting three four times a week yeah. and. Um, because I was also in that situation, the fittest, even though the whole situation, but that like, you know, it was still feeling quite nice. And, and yeah, and I had these exercises that I needed to do. And, and I was running a lot on a treadmill to kind of measure my progress mm -hmm. um, throughout the time. And, um, and kind of like there, I really felt that I was physically, physically, especially improving. Uh, but what I came to realize really quickly is that actually my physical health improved a lot more rapidly than my mental and kind of um and with mental i don't only mean like the mental health part but also just the the general um energy slash tiredness yeah, yeah. slash uh, concentration kind of kind of side of it like that took a lot longer and still is a factor whereas physically i feel at this point except for the weaker joints and things i i, I feel physically at this point i feel like I'm back at, at what I used to be mm -hmm. um, and which I was already feeling quite quickly afterwards, I think already after half a year. Um, but, but the mental side that that's what really was taking a, a, a big toll and like a big part of the recovery process was to be seeing an ergotherapist, I think it's called. So it's the therapist that works with you on how you um, divide your energy throughout the day and throughout the week, because basically due to the chemo, um, the amount of energy I had, to spend on a day was much less than what yeah, yeah. you would normally have. Um, and the ergotherapist helps you to set up a daily plan and to plan out your energy in ways that you can kind of recharge your battery yeah, yeah. so that you don't always going over, over the top. Because of course, 
what was happening for me is that once I started feeling a bit better phys physically, I was like, right, I'm going to go windsurfing right away. I'm going to do this and this and this and this. And I'm going to go see these people. And I'm going to go out again. And I'm going to go enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Life, you know? and, and it was really a big process of it was to learn to pull the handbrake and to kind of work on, on, on dividing this energy and, and giving myself the time to actually recover on, on, on that sense, you know? Um, and then <clears throat> the ergotherapist was very nice. And then there was some other sessions with like people who, um talk to you about how to manage the workplace once you go back to the workplace and yeah, yeah. how to manage like uh, other things if you get fired or if something else happened or if you're like because there's like a lot of uncertainties of course that come along with how to deal with family um and um yeah this, this there was all these sessions and it was really um i think informative and interesting but most of it was based on um a group council kind of session uh which then always meant that i was saying things which were not relevant yeah. to the other, the other participants in my group yeah less than but like yeah you know and and the other way around you know like they were always talking on oh, my main goal for this week was to be able to go play with my grandkids again, you know, whereas my, when, and I was like, yeah, my main goal for the week was to land the Shaka again and to, <laughs> and to go for a good winter session. You know, like it's completely like disconnected kind of in, in how did you, reading. although, how did you, um, how, how did you structure it there? The, the thing I'm actually, oddly, it wasn't actually something I thought about at all, but how, how did you go about structuring the, the, the energy part of, uh, of, of your, of your day then, you know, once you're out and, cause I imagine, like you know it's like a kid being let loose in the candy shop you know suddenly you're like i'm back in the world i'm i'm back we're back climbing the stairs rather than going yeah. down we're going up now and yeah. i want and i want to i want to yeah. see do everything yeah. um I, th I think maybe a better analogy um not not to come off dark um but maybe okay. a better analogy than the than the kids in a candy store is more this analogy of you know how you have um, uh, people that are starving and um, and they they're really thirsty and they're starving and then they finally there's suddenly a lot of food yeah yeah, in front yeah. Of them. then you always have this that they eat too much and then they get sick from that kind of that's kind yeah. of what what was happening to me I think that I was really trying to do too much and then crashing again and then not being able to do it and then beating myself up for not being able to do it and beating myself up for circle. actually exactly you know so yeah, I was getting yeah. into into these patterns again um, but um, yeah, I, I, I think the, the, the best way that worked for me that I was getting from the ergotherapist is to actually just make a planning of the day. And it was really cool. We, we got this big kind of Excel sheet um, for each day. And I was supposed to, um, in the beginning, and it was quite cool, the first exercise they gave us to just, okay, go about your week, how you're doing it right now. Um, write down every activity you do from which time and exactly the whole days were written out. So then when we came back next week, we had a full week, completely written out all the activities we did. And then um, she explained to us, like, uh, you have all these uh, kind of categories of activities that you do. You have things that are where you're resting, things where you're like having mild exertion and then things where you're really mentally or physically like taxing yourself, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and then she told us to kind of categorize all these activities, take up like the different colors, pants. And then I felt like a kid again, you know, in, in, in primary school, take the color pants and then really just color in this sheet, you know, mm -hmm. and take a look at how it looks afterwards, because. For example, I quickly noticed this is uh, very often like a big green bit, which is like rest or, 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 or blue. Blue was sleeping and green is like resting in the morning. And then the afternoon was getting like or orange and then red at the end, you know, and then the same the next day, you know, and it was always like very divided half, half on the days. Yeah. And then the main point that she was making is like, yeah, try <laughs> to have the blue sleep. Then you wake up, you do a little bit, then you have um, green again. And then you go a little bit orange and you have green again and you have maybe something red, but then make sure that the rest of the evening you're green or immediately going to sleep, you know, and mm -hmm. to kind of restructure this whole painting almost because it's basically painting. 
Um, oh, which by the way reminds me of something else that I want to talk about uh, later, but that's 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 actually cool. But it uh, basically makes this kind of um, this painting um, where I was just kind of trying to reshuffle the colors and make as much of a mosaic as possible. Um, and then the next exercise for the next week was plan out your week and then try to keep to it, which for me is very difficult um, because I'm I'm horrible at keeping to these kind of schedules and mm -hmm. things uh, because also um, that's also an, another interesting note but because of this whole concentration problems that came up actually it turned out that I was already for my whole life a very well coping ADHD uh, person and that it now kind of finally kind of got to light because my coping mechanism stopped working because my concentration was completely gone right. so actually quite recently like a, a month or two ago I got diagnosed with it officially now and I'm, I'm getting treated Okay, uh, but that's also something that kind of came out at that point. I was horrible with schedules, and especially in that situation, it, it wasn't working. But it did make me realize that I should try and plan things out a little bit more and try to have more breaks in between. Which sounds really obvious, but when you're just going about life, especially as someone who usually doesn't plan that much, it's it's it was uh, um, quite important to me. And then the next thing that was just really important is to learn to accept that sometimes I should tell people like, "Hey, I know we planned that tonight we're having a drink, but I'm not coming because yeah." I, I just can't. I'm sorry. You know, and, and that was for me very difficult because I always had a lot of trouble saying no, um, especially if I already said, told people that we're going to go and do something. Um, but yeah, it was just something to, to, to also learn from this, uh, from this issue. I'm sure there's not more, much more. I have a whole notebook with things from, from all of that, but uh, that was something. To, no, I think, um, I think that's, that's something that's, that's hugely important is, you know, when you've been through something big like that, you, you have to, you have to like recognize, you know, maybe it sounds, you know, sounds stupid because of course you're going to, but you have to recognize the gravity of it and you have to give it the respect it deserves. And in it, in, you know, essence with that, you have to give yourself the respect you deserve as well and be like, no, like I have to, I have to stand up for myself here. You know, I can't, yeah. I can't, especially, you know, you, you've just gone through this thing where you've realized your health is literally the most important thing you can have in your life. You can have, yeah. you could have had a billion quid in the bank, but you wouldn't have been doing anything different over those previous three yeah. months. You know, yeah. you'd have still been sat in hospital on chemo the, the, you know, so it's, it, it's not you, something like that. You can't compromise on it. You can't, if you go, right. If I go to the pub and see my mates or even if I go windsurfing this afternoon, I'm, it's going to knock me back. It's going to set me back. Yeah. So yeah. it's it, it's kind of learning to, I guess, pace yourself, but also learning to take ownership over yourself and be like, yeah. no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing this. I can't, I can't do and, this. And that yeah. was especially, that was especially difficult with windsurfing because um, yeah, like the very first, the very first windsurf session I had, I should not have done it. Like I'm 1000% that I was, uh, it was just stupid what I did. Really? Uh, but um, it, it happened because um, a lot of um, a lot of my Polish friends, um, and, and that's maybe also interesting, um, I actually grew up in Poland, so most of my windsurfing community is, is from Poland, not actually the Netherlands, even though I live there now and I'm officially Dutch. But yeah, yeah a lot of my Polish friends, they came to the Netherlands uh, to Brauerstam to, to windsurf, uh, to enjoy uh, some windsurfing um, on forecast. Um, and I was already feeling a little bit better, so I also hosted them, so they had a place to sleep, and, and I was just super excited to see friends again and, you know, just relax with them. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I went with them saying, yeah, I'll, I'll go, I'll take my equipment, but I'll probably don't go in the water, and I'll just, uh, I'll film you guys. Or something. Yeah, yeah. And of course, when I arrived there and I saw everyone, I was like, you know, I'll, I'll rig the equipment, I'll see if I manage to rig the equipment. So I managed to rig the equipment, I managed to get into the wetsuit, already just putting on the wetsuit, I was... I was dead, but I was like, you know, I should, I should give it a go. So 
went on the water, then one uh, reached out, came back, and of course, completely no no breath. Had to sit on the beach for 20 minutes. Like like people are actually worried about me if, if, if I'm actually good. But then yeah. uh, like 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 okay, it was good. And the guys were sailing. I was like, okay, I'll go, I'll go another time. I went out and I was of course telling myself, I'm not gonna do any moves, I just want to go back and forth. But you know, you, you know, when you're coming back to the beach and you see this perfect piece of chop and you're just mm-hmm. like I can't not do it, you know. So, so I did a shaka, and that's the shaka I was talking about earlier. Like, I, I did feel my whole body go, but I landed it. I was like, oh, that feels so good, you know. And then, of course, I ended up on the beach again, 20 minutes, uh, hyperventilating, trying to kind of get myself physically again. And then I think in the end, it was like a three hour session where I maybe sailed for like 10 minutes stops, you know, 10 to 20, 10, 15 minutes stops. But it, yeah. it, it was it was way too much for, for the point where I was at. I was super happy afterwards because I was like, I can still do it. You know, I was going to say, it, sound, it sounds like uh, it sounds like you found a bit of a happy medium. You know, it's so mentally, easy. Mentally, mentally, it was really good, you know, because I, I felt yeah, I was yeah, yeah. back. But, but the next couple of days, uh, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was not worth anything, you know, so it's. Uh, but I mean, yeah. that's 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 also, you know, that's also part of what I was saying there of taking ownership of it. You're like this is worth me being fucked for the next two or three days for because yeah. the, the, the mental high that doing that shaka or just cruising around windsurfing again with my friends, yeah. the mental high yeah. of feeling that sense of normality is going to carry me through the next yes. two or three days of just being t- really tired. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. And that was actually because I, because then of course a couple of days later I had the meeting with the agrotherapist together with the whole group and, and I had to kind of like, uh, like a fess up or I don't know you said in English, but that's like admit yeah. that confess. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Did confess basically. <laughs> and literally what you just said was her takeaway. It was like, as long as you're aware of it and you're fine with it and you accept that, that this is something that taxing, but it makes you feel better, then, then yeah. I'm fine with it. But you just have to think about how you use this energy and you, yeah, you know that this is the way it goes. So that, that was in the end, the, the main takeaway. So, so yeah. how do you, so mo- moving on from, from that moment there where you, you know, you did that first windsurf and, and I imagine from there, it, it's kind of just, building blocks essentially and 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 getting yeah. getting the fitness up and i suppose that that basically leads to to us meeting each other um last september and, and things like that how how do you and this is a very very broad question i suppose but i i can't think of a way to make it more specific and get the answer i want but mm-hmm. how how do you approach life differently now after all of that stuff i assume obviously you know as you said there you're still going and seeing the doctor things like that so you know I suppose you're out you're out of the woods I guess but equally like for example the only thing I know is is um Max Rowe who I don't yeah you must have met him in in Greece but I've met him yeah yeah Yeah. so so Max Max had a they found a big tumor in um Max's like abdomen or something like that I can't remember I had him on the podcast I should know this and I've known him for years but um luckily luckily it was benign but he had to have surgery and and things like that it really Mm. knocked him out and this was 2017 and he still sees a doctor now, you know, every few months and, and checking and stuff. So I assume yeah. you're, you're definitely doing that, but yeah. How, yeah. how are you, how, how, how has it changed the way you you're approaching life now? So uh, I think, and this is super cliche, as I said before, like it's, that's, it comes up in me right away, but I, I think the main thing that I've, I've kind of noticed and that I've really been implementing and it took, it took a little bit of time. It was not right away. It was that I really, like, I realized like, I just and it's also a bit dark but I started imagining like what if in a year I come back on this checkup and I walk into the hospital whistling again and be like oh it's just routine and it turns out it's bad again and this time it's so bad that that I'm not back like like will I then be wanting to do what I'm doing now or or would I prefer to be doing something else Mm there's like a different kind of kind of thing um and and I think just these thoughts like very quickly kind of 
rampaged through my life and started kind of putting things in different places mm-hmm. so obviously the first thing i did was give up my corporate job i think that's the, the most standard thing to do after this kind of thing um because i was getting back to work and of course they supported me amazingly throughout the whole process and they really um, um like i was getting cards and 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 i and i still had the full pay and like they really like they supported me so well throughout the whole awesome. process and then like as i was slowly getting back to fully um fully back because it's also a long process with the concentration and everything that goes with it um yeah i said like yeah guys thanks for supporting but um yeah bye. Uh, bye. <laughs> yeah um and and yeah and, and and then i just started realizing yeah what, what are the most important things for me and, and, and what do i really want to do and i know that yeah, it's windsurfing um i want to spend a lot of time doing that um it was traveling um i wanted to be able to to just to, to spend the time doing that it was seeing friends it was it was like like just kind of these these things that sound very obvious if you ask about like what are the most important things in life for you um but i know there's a lot of people they, they say these things but then what they don't do like them. how their life is structured is not actually is not actually kind of geared towards that yeah and for me a very important part in that was to change my job which uh in the beginning my thought was okay i'm just going to really focus on my on my on my kind of own, own business um get the videography going bigger and just get more clients and hopefully be able to kind of step off of the the corporate job and get into mm-hmm. into that um and then the job of press officer at the freestyle pro tour uh, then still european freestyle pro tour um opened up and i saw it and i was like i, I this this is this is it like i think at that point when i saw it i was really like oh i i want to do this like this is where this is the path that i need to take right now to really yeah. gear myself in the direction where uh where i would want to be and that's yeah. let's say if i were to die in two years from a resurgence or a relapse of the cancer or whatever i would be happy that i did this and that i was that was working on that um so i applied and and i got really got really uh, lucky i think uh, because uh, yeah from what i know there were a lot of really good candidates and i think it's really um, um yeah a lot of people wanting to do this so so i got really lucky um and got to do this job and and from there it's kind of been growing because it gave me kind of a base as well for for my business uh, it it allowed me to kind of let go of the whole corporate thing and really focus on this uh, allowed me to work on something that i have a lot of passion for it allowed me to windsurf more uh, it was just kind of a win-win in that situation you know like i really got to to step into this world that, that, that i'd always been dreaming of and that i never thought was possible uh, meet all these people that that are basically my idols you know because i think for those for, for for the people who don't windsurf like like going to an event and then suddenly being there and chatting to to amada free spike or to uh yento cares or just any of these like the, the really the top guys like it's like for a regular football fan to be standing there with ronaldo or or, mm-hmm. or messi you know like it's for us in windsurfing these these guys are stars and of course we're, we're in a sport where it's everything is a lot more flat so it's a lot easier to meet everyone smaller yeah, uh, yeah but still it still it feels like that you know especially for someone like me it was it was, was not that like not knowing that many people in, in the in, in the community at, at that point it was really a big um uh, a big thing um yeah and it's just kind of like uh, since then I've, I've been really trying to kind of lead it that way like really thinking okay like is this what i want to do right now yes it's still what i want to do um if i were to get worse now i'm i'll be very happy with how my last year of my life my last two years of my life not i wouldn't say two years because it still includes the first bit, but the last like yeah. year year and a half um has been going so so yeah and i think i think in general um i'm at a point now where i'm just a lot more relaxed about everything which which sounds weird because i i I, sometimes i feel like i should have this urgency of still doing all these things in case Mm -hmm. to die tomorrow but then i realize no it's actually not like 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 actually what happened now is that i'm really relaxed in what i'm doing i'm really relaxed in like 
okay, yeah, maybe maybe I'm not doing the best job in the world right now at, at what I'm doing or something, but but it's okay, you know, it's okay. Um, and for example, oh, a good example is um, before um, I got sick, like a, actually a longer time before, uh, I had a van, um, very small T4 um, transporter van, which was just to go windsurfing. And I was always super anxious about it break, breaking down. And of course it broke down because it's an old car and all these things were happening. And, you know, just this whole time it was like, oh, I hate this, you know, like it's, and, 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 and of course I realized in the end, you always get out of it and it's a mechanic and there's always something and it's insurance and blah, blah, blah. But I was mm -hmm. super anxious about it. Now, since I got sick and I have um, I decided to change my life as well in that perspective that I moved out of my normal normal adult apartment into, um, into a van, I've been traveling nonstop on the road basically since June. So that's, that's already a good four months as well mm -hmm. um, in the van. Um, I realized that I'm actually not that scared about it breaking down. And if it were to break down, I'm like, so be it. I will deal with it as it happens. Um, it will come by, um, we'll, we'll solve it, and then we're at the next step. And if it breaks unbreakably, yeah, we'll, we'll get later. Like, I, I feel like I just got a lot more chilled about all these bad things that could potentially happen. And um, yeah, it's just, it, it, it changed my kind of general, yeah, I, I don't know. And then, and then, yeah. I think it's one of those things, it's a bit like, um, it's it's one of the biggest problems that um, like veterans have when they come when they come back and, and try and reintegrate into civilian society. You know, they've they've been in, They've been in 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 war, you know. They they could, you know, the the worst possible situation a human can find themselves in, and then suddenly they've got everyone around them in civilian life worrying and arguing about, you know, their car breaking down or what, you know, they didn't have their favorite type of cereal at the shop or things like that, and they go, why the fuck yeah. are you also, at, you know? And for you, you you've literally you you've essentially stared death in the face and and beaten it, you know. You've been to the very bottom, whether yeah. it's you know mentally during the chemo, but. Also during the chemo, having an operation, you know, all this stuff, having being told in your twenties that you've got cancer, you, you took all that, you know, essentially it's all one experience and you took all that on. And now yeah. for the sake of all oh, my van's broken down and I'm going to be five hours late to the thing, the place I was planning on getting to who gives a shit. Yeah. So it's not, it's yeah. not necessarily, I, I feel like it's not, not you being more relaxed. It, it's more like you're at, at peace almost, you know, with, with yeah. things and just, I, I, at peace, and I think I just have my priorities more straight in, the, in, the, in that sense, and and just I realize that a lot of things are not as important or as bad or as scary as I as I as always think thought they, they would be. Yeah, uh, and 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 also like I think because like I've, I've been dealing with anxiety, and I've always had, as I said before, I've had these 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 kind of coping mechanisms for it. But now I realize that I almost don't have to use them anymore, just because I'm a lot more chilled in everything that's going on around yeah. me you know and, and i'm and i'm less scared to try new things i'm less scared to talk to random people i'm less scared. like there's so many of these kind of inhibitions and things i was always like scared of you know like it's it's gone and it feels a lot more at peace i think that's the best, best yeah. description that's the that's the yourself. that's the phrase i would use to describe and i think i love the fact that you're you're essentially living for the short term aren't you and i think I think a little bit, yeah. yeah. But, but I think I, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think that's something to, to you for you to kind of shy away from. And I think yeah, regardless of whether you've beaten cancer or not, I think we could all do with living like that a little bit more, especially in this day mm -hmm. and age where it's all doom and gloom. And, you know, in 30 years time, the world's going to be over anyway, because it's all going to be underwater and we're all fucked and something's going to destroy yeah. us. And, you know, and, and, and this goes back to what I talk about on the podcast all the time, you know, is, is, a you know, the way people live their lives and right you you know you go to uni then you get a house and a dog and kids and a wife and then you work in a job for 50 years until you retire and then you retire for five years and then you die 
you know, and it's no. like that's what people reserve all of their fun until they can retire in their 60s and 70s. But I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do any of the things I want to do when I'm 60 years, when I'm well, 70 then. years old. I'm not going to be able to shackle when I'm 70, you know, but <laughs> well, maybe I will. But, I, you know, I'd like to still be able to do it when I'm 50 at least. But, you know, much past that, you know, it's it, it's difficult. And And for me, having not had cancer and beaten it, I, I also feel like I live a little bit, you know, kind of short term. And I think there's a lot of um, it's it's very gratifying. I find, you know, it's very I I, I don't yeah. I'm not I'm not really thinking I, I equally recognize um, my privilege of being able to do that. Well, you know, being yeah. able to have a job that allows Absolutely. me to do it and all that yeah. stuff. But equally, I built it all myself. So fuck you um, to, you know, anyone saying about privilege. But, you know, uh, there is there is a certain aspect of that you know, uh, of course, that needs to be recognized. But I think to live in, the, you know, that short term, obviously you say it's dark, but I don't think it, it's only dark because of your previous experience. But for me, I feel like I live a bit like that as well. And I don't mm. have the, the the dark experience. I think it's a great way to live. And I think it's yeah. awesome. I think it's awesome that you've managed to go from how you felt during the chemo to to now. I mean, I, I dare dare say you're probably the happiest you've ever been, maybe. Yeah, I think I think that's 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 a good like a good observation. Like I'm, I'm I think it's difficult in general to say like I, I find it because that's that's a bit of a tricky bit. I'm um I would like to be able to say that, but I think I'm finding it very difficult to compare how I felt mentally right yeah, now to how I felt before. Yeah. Um. So I I've definitely had a lot of happy moments before there as well, you know. And but but yeah, as as you said, well, like, right yeah, now, it'll, it'll, I'm I'm, li I'm living what I would want like what i would imagine as 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 something that i would want to go to five years ago you know like i'm i'm in the van i work from the van so i can basically be wherever it's windy yeah um I'm, I'm, i get to go to all these events i get to meet all these amazing like-minded people such as yourself as well um and and i just get to like like you know get and and, and slowly build block by block this short term but block by yeah. block build this life that, that that i feel like i could really enjoy and maybe in five or ten years when everything kind of settles down i feel like ah oh, maybe i should have done that or maybe i should have done that but in the end yeah, actually, I've, silly, I've never yeah. actually felt that way so yeah, it's, yeah no the 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 remarkable thing and again that i i always the last thing i ever want to do is you know when i've got a guest on the podcast especially with this one with a story like yours is is make the podcast about me and i don't want to do that but i will say i've i recognize a lot of similar things in the way you've turned it around in in the same way I turned myself around when I had my big um you yeah. know me me mental struggle with you know feeling suicidal and, and and all that sort of stuff you know I had my you know bad kind of year after it, it peaked and then it was really bad for a while and then I finally kind of snapped essentially and quit my job and redesigned my entire life and things like that and living it like that and it's it's quite strange that you know, despite it being such different circumstances, you going through cancer, you know, we've both kind of found ourselves in a similar situation. And this goes yeah. goes back to what I was saying at the start. It's mm. it's really sad that people have to go through something awful in order to get to this point of to being point. being at yeah. at peace, at peace with themselves and with the world around them, and accepting there are things you can and can't control, and kind of trying to trying to go with the flow. I, I think you're probably much better at it than I am. Um, but but you know it, it, it is go it with is, the forecast basically that's not not the flow of the forecast so that's yeah that's i like that mate that's nice yeah yeah check check the forecast and see what's coming yeah. up. 
you know exactly see see where life is going to be leading us in the in the next couple of days yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. well but I it's mean... also what what you what you what you're saying with 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 this this that like seeing this uh, resemblance kind of in, in these situations in the end the uh, the ladies that I've had the pleasure of being mm. in the in the recovery group with yeah. like we still found a lot of um uh, of resemblances and a lot of things that we kind of could still um um like i don't know uh, talk to each other about and, and yeah for give sure each other advice or just listen to each other like there was still a lot in the end they were all kind of similar situations you know and especially dealing with family and also just like all these things like there's just a lot of um yeah a, a lot of resemblances and, and yeah it, it will be there regardless of what happens to someone and i also realize now like if i meet someone else that has mm. had cancer or if i meet someone that's about to go into this process and if, for example already had someone um a, a friend of mine from university who's best friend from back at, I, don't, I don't remember if it was best friend but anyway a friend of him from yeah. back at home was going into the exact same process that just had the diagnosis and it's going to get the, uh, the surgery um he was asking oh, if i could talk to him and if i could give him some advice and, and you know just just have a conversation um but then i also realized like in the end it's so different but it's also so similar and it's super difficult to kind of talk to someone in in that situation because it's it's different but it's similar like i don't know it just it, it doesn't make sense but it's yeah i think often people uh, often often you know it, it's always you know it's it's always scary going to somewhere that you feel you haven't been before you know it's always nerve right and if you feel like you can have some sort of a guide to kind of explain what to expect i think it's always going to make it better you know and ir yeah. irregardless of whether they experience the same side effects and you know when it comes to medical things and things like that you know your health and things everyone is is so different so it's hard to you know it's difficult to do but equally the actual human experience that people have is largely probably fairly similar you try and cultivate this positive yeah. mindset you do that it ends up kind of defeating you a bit, but you gen people come, you know, come out the other side and things. And like yeah. you said, we, we all have a lot more in common than we think we do. You know, the fact I imagine you and you and your adopted grannies are all sat there going, I just, I can't, I can't wait to just spend some more time with my, with our family and our people that we yeah. love, you know, and, and doing, and then, and then and then still at this point for example then i'm still messaging some of them on whatsapp you know like awesome. oh, how's it going and, and then i ask them how their garden is and if they manage to like get a bit more fit and and i don't know this year do the, the these trees themselves or if they had to ask you know like it's like we're still in touch and it's, it's very it's, it's very nice it's relative you know it's success is success is relative as well you know taking it back to windsurfing to some people going out standing on their board getting in their footstraps going out being able to tack round and come back in in their footstraps, they come in and they go, that was the best windsurf I've ever had in my life. That, they were like, that was yeah. the best day of windsurfing I've ever had. They, and they come in, can't believe it. They're buzzing. They're going straight to the bar, popping champagne. Can't believe best day ever. Whereas to, to me and you, like, we're like, don't, don't even think about it, you know? And then yeah. we, we go out there and you land three burners in a row and you're like, yes. And, yeah, you know, you come in and you're exactly. like, that was that was an awesome day. And then you see Amado, yeah. out, you see Amado out there and he goes out and he'll do all those burners all day long. And he's like, Fuck's sake, yeah. you know, so it's it, it's relative it's just, just session, yeah. you know, to, to 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 these ladies, like you said, you know, if they can go out and enjoy some time in their garden, they can go and give their give their um give their families a hug. They're like mission accomplished. Whereas to yeah. you, you're like, you know, you're like, well, yeah, I, I can do that, but I, I want to, I want to go windsurfing and travel the world with my friends, uh, and, uh, and you know, uh, so it's success, success is relative, and that's that's where comparing yourself to other other people is is so is so dangerous. So yeah, it's great that yeah, you, it's absolutely. great that you, it's yeah. great that you've already recognised that with um with them.
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that seems seems like quite a nice place to to wrap up there, Brian. Yeah, um, yeah. I, th- I think, like, there's honestly about this topic, I could I could talk for hours. It is so many, like, things that I've thought about that I've, that I've worked on through this process that have, like, yeah. that have kind of influenced this. And already also throughout the conversation we've had right now, like, a couple of times, I was like, ah, I could still talk about this. And I could still mention this because it's just, it's such a big, complex thing that took, off, took over my entire life. And actually, and that's something I'm a bit scared of at the moment, but... I feel like I'm and, and and like I'm not basing my personality off of it, but like very yeah. often it's it's still something like I find it very hard to have to meet someone and then not you get into them. slightly deeper conversation and then not mention that as yeah. a very important part of yeah. who I am right now. Like it's it's yeah. almost impossible, you know. And I think it it helps a little bit that um that I've been public about it on social media and that people when they like you know follow you or, or check you out or something on social media. Uh, that they can see that and that it kind of immediately informs them of that bit. But I still find it quite important to mention it because I feel it's such an important part of who I, I am. Yeah, I, I don't you know? I don't think I don't think you should I don't think you should ever feel like you you can't mention it or that you're basing your personality around it. It's 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 up there with the biggest um the biggest thing that can happen to a person's life, to be honest, in, in this day and age. You know, um it's uh, also it's also probably a lot more common than we think it is. Obviously it's perhaps not as common for people our age um yeah but i think but for especially for men to to give it a bit of a november twist of course because that's also important to uh, to mention towards the end um, um for men actually testicular cancer is the most um uh, most uh, you say often um the common uh, yeah yeah but most common exactly the most common uh, form of cancer um, that they can get of men our age between yeah. 20 and, and 35 um, and it is at the moment um, uh, much more becoming more and more common throughout the years. The uh, researchers don't know yet why that's happening. They don't really know why it's happening, uh, but they are noticing that it is coming up. Something interesting to mention as well, and that's something I was thinking a lot about while while I was being diagnosed as well, is that um, there is no one reason why it will be there. So if you get it, it's not because you did something wrong somewhere yeah, else yeah. in your life, you know. And, and of course, like I've I've been I've talked to a lot of people that oh, they had this theories oh, on and, and you grew up on a farm, so maybe there was some kind of pesticide there, or oh you I don't know you you drank a lot of milk when you were young, so yeah, yeah, because you drank too much there. Like everyone has a theory, but it's so easy to do that. In, in reality, like that's also what the oncologist told me. Like, 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 there's really there's like the chance that this is completely random and and we don't know what's going on is much higher than there's something yeah. that you did in your life that that could have caused this. So, um, so yeah, um, yeah. And while we're on the topic of November, maybe I just want to like do a silent. No, of course. And I think there's, there's yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that there's one that that's you know one of one of the big things as well to say about um this. We we briefly touched on it at the start. You know, that's I think one of the reasons why November hugely talk about this. Um. Uh, as well as things like mental health is it's something also that just men don't talk about um you know especially when you're like you know when it's something going on with your your balls your testicles things Uh, like that you know it's a point of like oh it makes you uh, it makes you squirm and you go i don't want to talk about it and you know much like mental health and and all the work that's being put in to uh to encourage men to talk about mental health and and recognizing how good it is and i think it's definitely changing you know, I think yeah. this is this is another one of those issues that men need to that should be should be talked about. And yeah, just just 
like, 100%. Just be, become a bit more open about it. You know, I'm, Absolutely. I'm at this point, I'm, I'm completely fine talking about my ball in this situation. Well, I, yeah, was, I went. It was a huge linguistic change to stop saying my balls, but to start saying my ball, because of course there's only one now and it's dangling happily in the middle, uh, which by <laughs> the way means I have, a, I have a 50% smaller chance of actually experiencing pain when someone kicks me there. So, I mean, there's some wins to it, I guess. Well, I guess. Um, but, yeah, uh, not that yeah, everyone would uh, do that, but. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 absolutely true. Um, I think it's yeah, yeah it's, it's it's one of those it's one of those ones like I uh I, I went and saw a doctor uh start of 2021 and I have one of those ultrasounds with the cold jelly and they do all that and mm-hmm. I was like oh and then and then I spoke about it I can't remember when we I, we were at a party and I was I was pretty drunk and we were just talking about it and I was like yeah so on and then one of my friends was like oh yeah I went and had that too and I was like why don't we talk about this why have we yeah. never said this. You know, and luckily, luckily, both for both of us, it was um, it was some, it was something else, or you know, it was it it was a false alarm. But you know, I yeah, thought I found something better, better to be false than than that you're too late. Hundred you know I mean? percent. Think... But why don't yeah. we? The fact that the fact that we don't, and I'm not saying that all the time every man needs to be like, oh, mate, check your balls in the shower this morning. You know, you don't need to do that. You don't. It's yeah, not yeah, a. Yeah. It's not like a. Hey, mate, how are you? Have you checked your balls? It's not yeah. that. But it it it. You know, it every. I don't know. It is. It, I think it's just. It doesn't need to be part of regular conversation, but it is just something that should be just checked in on every now and then. Yeah. Or we just shouldn't feel. Yeah. You know, when I tore my knee, I wasn't ashamed of it. I wasn't like, oh boys, yeah. I can't. Oh, I've got something going on, but I should. I don't, I don't really want to say it. You know. Uh, 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 no, exactly. And and with this, it's always a bit tricky because it's if there's something going on, you don't directly see it. Like if if you were to see me right now as a person walking the street, you would not think. That that's something like that has happened. Or that's no, of that's course. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no like physical thing that would show that. So yeah. Um. So yeah, it's a lot different than the broken arm or the knee exactly with the crutches. Yeah. That, 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 uh, so. Yeah, I say that. I say I, that. I, I, get, I say that all the time with the mental health as well. It's it's hidden. You yeah. can't see it. You know. Yeah. You can't see yeah. it. Um. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah. Let's that that's a good way to to finish up. Actually, yeah. Tell us um tell us what you're planning for uh for movember obviously movember is quite a big thing for anyone that doesn't know movember is a, a kind of global charity aiming to raise awareness about uh men's issues ba- mainly uh men's mental health prostate cancer and testicular cancer um yeah. and the idea is for the month of november you shave your face and you grow a big old dirty mustache yeah. um in, the, dirtier, in, the better yeah. yeah the dirtier the better i actually cheat every year for movember is because i always rock a bit of stubble so i I, I don't completely shave the moustache at the start of the month because if I leave it a bit longer, it gets really dirty and it's quite funny. Um, so, well, yeah. I mean, the, the, point, the point is, I think, and, and, and I, I, like, I like reminding people of it, because you're having a dirty moustache on your face, people will ask you yeah. or will make a comment about it. And that comment is the perfect in to talk about exactly what we're trying to raise yeah. awareness for, right? Because then you say, oh yeah, it's because I'm doing November and I'm doing, this is my campaign and this is why I'm doing it. And have you checked your balls? Um, which is a, a little yeah. bit more of a subtle way, I guess, to, to introduce it than to just have <laughs> the morning conversation. Uh, but yeah, exactly. That's that's kind of the reason to do it, that there's actually, there is something physically visible then that kind of lets lead, can lead people to to the conversation about it. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, your question was what, what I'm planning this year. I think uh, the first year I did it, November, I, it was a huge success because, um, yeah, well, it was happening at the moment and I, you upload this picture on social media with uh, you in a hospital gown and, you know, that just kind of has this reaction. So, uh, people donate and the second year um uh, i did a campaign again um um and that was mostly just again a picture but not that alarmist kind of in that sense and just a little bit more 
um, chilled. And, and I noticed that that year um, the campaign did, um, um, I don't want to say worse because it still did really good, but it was uh, a lot less. This year, I, just, I think I just want to, to take the extra step and just try to post something on social media about it every day, try to yeah. uh, talk to people about it, do a podcast um, um, like this to, to also just, just, just bring some, just bring the conversation, share my story. Um, just, just try to, to get my campaign, um, yeah, uh, to, to, to raise some money for, for exactly this, 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 this charity. So yeah, uh, and the exact plans are to be confirmed, but you'll, uh, once this is out, you'll definitely, uh, hopefully see a lot about it. So yeah, it's yeah. very, very exciting, mate. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't actually going to do it this year cause I'm going to be in Brazil for the whole of November, but maybe given that I'm essentially going to be making a little kind of documentary out there about mental health and windsurfing and things like that maybe it would be quite funny to have uh, a mustache for the whole time and then That's i can send true, it to yeah. november and they'll share it yes absolutely yeah yeah uh -huh. yeah so maybe well, I'll, maybe i'll do that um well uh, yeah as you said mine we you know well whilst i feel like we've got into it heavily there's there's a, i feel like there's there's also a lot more we could talk about but let's let's wrap it up there because i think yeah. um yeah that's a big conversation what once again um thank you so much for coming on i think it's it's such an important subject to talk about and as i said at the very beginning it's also a subject that i think a lot of people feel uncomfortable about and feel like they sh i don't know it feels taboo you know which yeah. you know for, for me you know talking about the mental health thing you'd think i wouldn't necessarily think like that but i i do you know it does it does i find it an, an intimidating subject to talk about um yeah. So, so thank you so much for coming on. Uh, where can people, where can people like find you on social media? Where can people give you a follow? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on Instagram, Blue Martin, which is a Martin, but then with an E at the end and double A. I, I think the easiest is just to, I don't know if you throw this in I'll, the description. It'll be in the link. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's where I am. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's that's where I'm mainly, mainly active right now, um, where, where you'll be able to follow me. So I think that's that's the, that's the best one. And of course, um, I think this, this goes without saying, but I, I still want to mention it. Um, if you feel like you want to talk about any of this, always feel free to send me a message uh, on the socials or if you uh, want my number or WhatsApp or whatever, just send send a message over to Sandy. Yep. For sure, um, I'm open to to support or talk or whatever in, in that direction because I, I think it's really important. So feel free to feel free to reach out because it's yeah um, yeah. If there's anything I can do, I'd be willing to do it because I'm I'm trying to still at this point turn everything into something positive. Even though it, it I did manage it at some point myself, but I, I, yeah, I'm trying to 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 use it in in some way to to spread some good. So. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, that 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 was that was hopefully what I was going to lead into. So yeah, that's nice that yeah, yeah. If you guys, if if this is something that you've been affected by or are being affected by, um, yeah, drop drop Martin a message once you've well, if you've got this far, you finish listening to the podcast. Yeah. Um, you yeah. can also you can also follow me guys on Instagram at the After Hours Lounge. Um, you can go to the link in my bio and you can donate to the podcast. That's right, you can give me some of your money. Um, as I say, all this talking is thirsty work and uh, it is all free. Um, and I don't get paid for it. I don't run any ads yet. I should probably start doing that. But yeah, if you are enjoying uh, the podcast and what I do, you can donate equally. Times are tough at the moment. So if you can't do that, please just give it a like, give it a share, put it in your Instagram story, tell all your mates about it and tell them to leave me a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also leave a rating on Spotify now as well, but make sure you're subscribed on all that stuff. That's all free to do. Takes 30 seconds. You don't have to give me any of your money and it still means just as much. So I'll thank you all in advance for doing that. Um, thank you again to Martin for coming on. Thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, that's been, that's been awesome. Um, and yeah, guys, thank you for listening. We will see you for the next one.